Greetings tonight. I want to welcome everyone uh, to the New Being Queen radio show and podcast. I am your host, King Apostle Timothy Carter, along with my co-host, Queen Yolanda Mitchell, Queen Vicki Robinson, and Queen Ernestine Smith. We have a special guest tonight who is my father, my hero, the original Superman to me, Dr. Johnny Carter. And before we start asking you questions tonight, Dad, we want you to tell us in the listening audience a little bit of something about yourself. Well, I was born in a very small town in Arkansas, Camden, Arkansas. I grew up with an impediment of speech. I stumbled so bad I couldn't answer the telephone to say hello. But I grew up in a very loving home with my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother, and also my father and my two sisters, Freddie and Frankie. My mother passed away at a very early age in my life. She was the one that would always comfort me when I would run home from school because when my teacher would ask me to recite in school, I couldn't do it. My words would freeze in my mouth and I would run home crying and my classmates would laugh at me because I couldn't stalk because I was a stummerer. And my mother would say, little Johnny, what's wrong with you? And I would say, mom, 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 I can't talk. And she said, but God created you to talk. So one day he's going to use you in a mighty way and he's going to bless you to talk. So my mother passed away when I was turning 10 years old and my life was kind of shattered. So I clinged to my great grandmother. And six months later, she passed away. Then I clung to my oldest sister, uh, Freddie, and she got married and moved to Southern California. And my youngest sister, Frankie, she got married and remained in Arkansas. So once again, I was left, a home, left alone at home, but my grandmother was very loving and also my grandfather. But I believed in what my mother had said, that one day I would talk. So my grandmother would always watch all Roberts on television back in the 50s and 60s when he had the Big Kent revival and he would be praying for the sick to be healed. And he mentioned that early in life, he was a stummerer, he stuttered. So I said to myself, one day I'm going to be able to talk. So I, I believed that. And I said to myself every day that I looked in the mirror, I said, you're going to talk. And the Bible says, you shall have whatsoever you say. So your mind has to have a picture of what you want. If you never see yourself with it, you never believe that you can have it. So I saw myself with that. I saw myself talking. So as I grew up and I became a man, I married my childhood sweetheart. And um, we both were very, very young because I was fresh out of high school and we were very young. So we were really too young to get married uh, because her parents had to sign for us to get married because we were both so young. And we stayed together for about two years. So then she left and left me with my oldest son, Jerome. And the funny thing about it, my oldest sister was out here in California. So I told my grandmother, I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to California and I'm going to get a good education and I'm going to do these, all these things. And she said, well, wonderful. Take your son with you. I said, wait a minute, what am I going to do just 19 years old with a year old son in about five months? So she put us on the bus. She gave me a box of chicken and diaper bags and put me on the bus to come to California. 
And when I got to El Paso, we had a two-hour layover in El Paso. And this is my first encounter with the angels of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. As I was sitting there at the lunch counter, I said, you know, I'm too young to have a son. I want to live a life by myself. So I said in my mind, I said, you know, I'm going to leave him here and uh, somebody will find him and take good care of him. And as I was thinking on that thought, this elderly gentleman, it was like he appeared out of nowhere and he touched me on the shoulder and he said, don't do what you're thinking. I said, what do you mean? He said, don't leave your son here because later on in life, you're going to become ill with some back problems. He's going to be a man and have a family of his own, and he's going to take care of you. And he said, uh, there's going to be a lady on the bus that's going to help you with your son and take care of him for you until you get to California. So my son started crying and I turned around to give him his bottle. And when I looked back around, this person had just vanished into thin air. So when I got on the bus again after the layover, my son started crying and this woman just appeared out of nowhere and said, boy, you're too young to know how to take care of baby. Give me this baby. And so she took care of him until I arrived in California. And when I got to the bus station, everybody unloaded. I stood by the door of the bus waiting on this lady to get off. And the bus driver said, what are you doing? I said, I want to thank this lady that helped me with my son. And he said, there's nobody else on the bus. So I got on the bus to look to see for myself, but it was like she had disappeared in thin air. So I didn't tell anybody about that. I didn't tell my sister. I didn't want them to think that I was crazy. And I didn't talk about it until almost 35 years later when I became a really born-again believer and understood uh, how the Holy Spirit work in your lives and how the angels work in your life. And so I just wanted to share that a little bit with you. But the Lord told me as I grew and gained more knowledge of him, he told me to paint a picture of old Robert because that's what I wanted to become. I wanted to become a commercial artist and a portrait painter. And he said, you're going to meet Oral Roberts one day. He said, that has been your desire to meet Oral Roberts, and I'm going to make that dream come true for you. So I painted a picture of Oral Roberts called the Abundant Life Prayer Tower. This was back in the 70s, called the Abundant Life Prayer Tower, and told him I had painted a portrait of Oral Roberts. And they said, wonderful. And I, as I had finished the painting, something didn't look right. And so I couldn't really tell what color his eyes was because, you know, uh, color television wasn't as defined as it is now. And so you couldn't really see the true color. So I said, Lord, there's something wrong with this painting. And uh, he said, well, get your easel and your paint and your canvas and sit in front of the television. And I'm going to have old Robert suppose for you on Sunday morning. I said, I said, this is crazy. This is stupid. Old Robert is moving around so much and moving and preaching and what have you. But anyway, I did as the Holy Spirit told me to do. I got my paintbrush, my paint. I sat in front of the television and Oral Roberts said, I just want to sit here today and talk to you from my heart. I want you to look at me and I want to look at you. But I still couldn't tell what color size was. 
So his dean of ministry at ORU had been healed from complete blindness. His name was Dr. James Butcher. So all Robert said to him, he said, Jim, God healed you of total blindness, and now you have 20-20 vision. He said, what color is my eye? Can you tell me from across the room? And he said, Brother Robert's there hazel. So I said, my goodness. So I painted hazel eyes, and the picture looked like all Robert. But the Bible says, write the vision, make it plain, so they that read it, run with it. Wait for it, although it tarry, but it will come to pass. So I'm going to speed ahead a little bit. It was seven years later before the Lord fulfilled that promise to me. I had to leave Southern California. Before I left, I went to Marcerillo School of Ministry here in San Diego. And Kenneth Copeland was the teacher. The first time I had met Kenneth Copeland. And as he finished teaching in Marcerillo School of Ministry, he says, does anybody have a special prayer? And I said to him, I do. He said, well, what is your prayer? And um, I said, well, I'm going to a little small town in Natchez, Texas to work with my father-in-law. Now, um, this was my second wife's uh, dad, uh, my son, Timothy, and his sister's grandfather. So um, I said, so I need the leading of the Holy Spirit on what to do. So he prayed for me, and we moved to Natchez, Texas, stayed there for a little while, but I knew that was not where the Lord wanted me to be. So we moved to Lubbock, Texas, and the Lord immediately gave me favor with the people in Lubbock, Texas. I had an opportunity the first Sunday I was there to talk at one of the largest churches in Lubbock, Texas, Trinity Church in Lubbock, Texas. It was an all-white church, and not only that, they helped me, they incorporated my ministry for me. And I said, Lord, I want to start a radio program that will reach out across the nation and touch the lives of many people. And the Lord opened the door for that. And I was able to have a national radio broadcast. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and one of the guests that I had on my program was Dr. James E. Johnson. He was the first black, black secretary of the Navy. And Dr. Johnson worked in the Reagan administration. And I said, Lord, how did I get this man on my program? He said, my favor, my favor. So I had him, I had members of the Billy Graham Association, one of the lead singers on my show, and the Lord just opened up many, many doors. And I met a young man that was the radio manager where I produced my program. His name was Tom Giver, a wonderful young white brother, very gifted. And uh, after two years and six months, in Lubbock, I felt the leading of the Lord to bring my family back to Southern California. So Tom Gibbard said to me, he said, uh, Dr. Carter, when you go back to San Diego, I would like to come back and work for you. I said, well, when I get things set up, I will send for you. So we moved back to Southern California, and I wanted to start a program called New Start in Life Ministries. And I thank God for my son, Timothy, who's carrying on a part of that legacy with his New Start in Life Foundation. So I thank God for him. And also for my well, other children. Gonna, 
Dad, I want to, um, if you don't mind, I want to jump in here real quick because I, I'm just really enjoying everything that you're saying. And uh, just forgive me here for a second because you you have lived such a, a great and um, and 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 blessed life. And I know you have uh, so many stories and so many great things that you're that you're ready to share with us. But what I want to do for a moment, if, if, if you don't mind, Dad. Absolutely. Dr. Bob, I, 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 want, I want the queens to be able to, to ask you some questions. They're, they're very excited about asking you some questions because they read your bio, and it's your, your bio is phenomenal because you have, God has opened so many doors. You have traveled across this nation, across this country, and have done so many great things. So I want to give them an opportunity for them to ask you some questions and then you'll be able to answer the questions and pour into them as well because I know you have so many, so such a great insight and, 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 and so much wisdom, not only to share with us, but to share with our listening audience. So again, forgive me for cutting in on you, but I, I do want to give them a chance to ask you a question, ask some questions because I know they're excited. So what I'm going to do right now is I go ahead, I'm going to pass the mic over to Queen Vicky, and I'm going to let her ask you a question and then once you're done, we're going to pass the mic on to the next person so they can ask questions and just and just speak freely and just let God have his way. Amen. Queen Vicki, uh, go ahead. I'm going to pass the mic to you. Amen. This is such an honor um, to just be Well, Queen Vicki, I want to say one thing. Yeah. I, I want to say one thing is after hearing all of that, my son was saying, I was asking myself, who is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, listen, well, I'm here to remind you that you are Dr. Johnny Carter, and we are here with you and, and so honored to have you um, in our presence. But I just wanted to know, when did you discover your passion uh, for your calling and purpose? And definitely about um, when did you discover your passion that you wanted to do commercial, be a commercial artist and, um, and painting? And where does, when you paint, where does it take you to a place of, um, relaxation, what does it do for you? Well, um, I was born with the gift to draw, mm. and I was mentored by a tremendous black artist who was very gifted uh, in the little town I grew up with, uh, grew up in, rather, and uh, he took me under his wing, and he began to teach me all about drawing and painting and doing sign painting and things like that. So as I grew older, I actually went to art school and developed my talent. But um, I was born with the gift to draw and paint, uh, rather, rather to draw. And I guess I inherited from my mother because my mother can draw. And uh, so I must have inherited from her. But that's where that came from. And so I was inspired to, you know, become an artist. And I always felt like this was something that the Lord had given me to leave a legacy behind, to draw and paint, and to uh, just paint beautiful portraits of people and, and to bring joy into their life, but also earn a living. And so I discovered that I had that talent early in life when I was a very young man. And because I was a stutterer, as I, you know, began to draw and paint, that would give me peace and give me something to focus on. And then as I would show my art in school, the children that laughed at me were uh, inspired by my ability to draw and paint. And so that's how that happened. Oh, my goodness. That is so awesome. 
So you just took what was you what what was a weakness and built on it and made it a a strength. That is so good. I, I thank you so much for answering that question for me. I'm gonna pass it to the next um, queen to ask the question. But thank you so much for your poor um, Dr. Johnny Carter. I pass it to the next queen. Blessings to you. Dr. Carter, this is Queen Ernestine. I am just, ooh, just so humbled to be in your presence, man of God. It's such an honor to have you on our platform. I'm just taking in everything you're saying. I'm like a, a sponge, and I'm just soaking it all in. And I just wanted to know from you, man of God, is that what kingdom strategies or advice that you can give on how to pour into the next generation in these perilous times. What I'm loving about your pour on tonight, the the oil that's flowing from you on tonight, because you even mentioned about your son, who is happening to be one of our co-hosts, and that is the next generation. And so you have legacy right here on this platform. So with so much, I know you can just tell us stories about your time, but I can only imagine what you're seeing today with the younger generation. So what is it, man of God, from, from, from seasons of life that you have lived, what kind of wisdom or nuggets can you give to the young generation of this time today? And I yield the mic. Well, well one of the things is in dealing with young people, you have to be honest with them because they will know if you really, truly care about them. And one of the things that when I started one of my programs, I had a program called a Youth Advocacy and a Synatic Program. And we worked with troubled young people that was incarcerated in juvenile halls. And the court would send those young people to my program for counseling. And as I would talk with them, I would let them know that they were very special and that they didn't have to live the kind of life that they were living. So. I said to one young man, I said, have you ever done anything successful in your life? And he said, no. I said, well, who is that sitting next to you? He said, uh, my wife. I said, so when you, first time you saw her, what came to your mind? He said, how beautiful she was. I said, then what was the next thought? Because the Bible said, as a man thinketh, so is he. And so I said, what the next thought was? He said, I said to myself, I think I can talk to her. I said, now let me ask you this. If you would have said she's beautiful, uh, but she um, is too beautiful for you to talk to, you would have talked yourself out of it. But you saw yourself with her. You saw My yourself God. talking to her. And so what you saw in your mind, you acted on it. But if you would have said, I can't talk to her, she's too 
beautiful and all that, you wouldn't have done it. But because you believed it, and because you received it, and because you didn't doubt it, you didn't do without it. And so that's what I tell them. My Lord. What you got to you see it in your mind. Yeah, stay right there. What you saw in your mind, you acted on it. My yeah. God. Because Ooh. let me share this with you. If you Please. look at a person and you say, they don't like me and I don't like them, you already put a negative thought in your mind. And you won't act upon that because you've already allowed the enemy to talk you out of getting to know that person. But if you say, this is somebody I would like to know, this is somebody I would like to meet, then you open up the door for the Holy Spirit to make it happen. My God. Because you remember, and another thing I want to tell you is, you may have a dream, but don't tell everybody your dream. You remember when the Lord told Zechariah that his wife was going to have a child when the angels came to him. And he said, but you don't understand. And the angel closed his mouth because he was going to go home and try to convince his wife, Elizabeth, that it wasn't going to happen. Come so on, the Lord closed his mouth and he didn't let it and he didn't allow him to speak until John the Baptist was born. See, so there's a negative confession and there's a positive confession. A negative confession stopped the hands of God. A positive confession opened up the door for your blessing. My God. Come on. They got to get a Encore. There is a negative confession and there's a positive confession. The negative That's because you... Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, oh, I'm just backing you up, sir. The negative confession stopped the hand of God, but the positive confession opened the door for God to come in. Is that correct? Is that what you said? That's correct. Yes, you My. remember the scripture said, you remember the scripture said, life and death is in the power of power. the tongue. Yes, sir. And and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You remember when Moses sent out the spies to scan out Jericho? Yes, sir. The 10 spies, come on. Some of them came back with a negative confession. They said they're giants in the land. They're we're like grasshoppers. So if you think you're a grasshopper, you will act like a grasshopper. But only Joshua, but only Joshua and Caleb came back and said, we can do it. We can take them out. Come on now. Come on now. See, so, and they told them, they said, now you march around the wall of Jericho seven times and on the seventh time you you shout out God always tells you to do something that don't make sense to the natural mind my God come on here daddy you see you see when he told Moses and Moses got to the Red Sea and Pharaoh's behind him and the army was in front of him he said Moses 
stretch out your rod. Now that didn't make sense. But it made sense to God. Mama. Faith is a fact. Faith is a fact. But it's Faith also an act. Faith is a fact, but it's also an act. Come on here, Daddy. Good God. You see, Who's faith you? is a fact, but it's also an act. It's something you do. The Lord told Abraham, he said, every bit of the ground you walk upon, I'll give it to you. But what Abraham had to do, he had to start walking. He had to, oh, come on, Jesus. Speak Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. Okay, so what's the next question? Okay, I'm going to pass the mic to Queen Yolanda. Queen Yolanda, please answer this question. Thank you. Amen. That has been a whole blessing, and thank you, man of God. Thank you, Doctor Carter, for your for your words of wisdom. This has been a a whole whole blessing for me. So I do have a a, um, a question for you. And we talked about all the facts, and we talked about all the different things in the Bible. But I did. I I, I want to go back to the part when you were talking about your son and how the things that you see him doing now has been a blessing to you. We talk about all the beautiful things that we do. and But when you see your child or your children following your footsteps or you see the great things that they're doing, it is because they've seen your walk. It is because they've seen daddy not give up. They've seen how daddy just flowed in the favor of God with all his life. They've seen daddy walking with the walking meekness and, and humbleness. They've seen all the beautiful things that daddy was doing. And I, you know, I, I don't know, because I didn't have a dad in my life, it, it does something to me when I hear a dad speak and when I hear a son speak about his dad and those two connect and the dad said, my, I'm proud of my son, I'm proud of my children and their accomplishments. Okay, dad, well, let me clear I, up something for you right quick. Yes, okay? daddy. Clear it up, daddy. Okay. Now, uh, I didn't see my, my biological father. I only saw him once in my life. And when I saw him, I was 13 years old. That was the first and last time I saw him. But I had a great-grandfather who was daddy to me. Okay, but now let me share this with you. When you became a child of God and born again, you have a heavenly daddy. Because Jesus said, when you pray, say, our father put God in heaven. So you have a heavenly father that's looking after you. That's taking care of you. That's guiding you. And you have an elderly brother, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So you are not alone. You are in the family and you have a dad. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you for clearing that up. (laughs) Thank you so much for clearing it up. So for those that listen out there, listen, it has been cleared up. You are not alone. So, Daddy, thank you for that. I want to go ahead and pass um, pass the mic. Amen. Because you remember he said he would never forsake you, nor leave you uh, alone. Right. Okay. Can you speak Daddy, about your son and and the legacy that you see? Because you are here witnessing your your legacy and and the the seeds that you planted 
and, the fruit, and, and how it's coming to fruition. How does that affect you, Daddy? Well, I am a proud of all four of my children. My oldest son, he graduated from Liberty Bible, Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. He has a master's and bachelor's, and uh, he's serving as a counselor for troubled children. Um, my youngest daughter, Adrian, is in the medical field, and my oldest daughter, Alicia, she is, you know, she work in business, and also all of my children are believers. So I'm very humble, and I thank God for that, and I praise God for them every day. And Timothy has took up the mandate and carried out the legacy of New Start in life, and he don't know... Um, how proud he has made me. I have uh, been in different services when he has uh, given a message. And the last time he was here in Southern California, he spoke at the late Bishop George Dallas McKinley's church uh, here in San Diego. And uh, people were so blessed. Everybody was taking pictures with him. And I laughed to myself. I said, well, what about taking a picture with me? But they see me all the time. So I would just see them. Uh, but I'm very proud of him. And then my uh, older sister, she calls him Tiny Tim. And she goes, that's my Tiny Tim. And when he's in town, she cooks breakfast for him and and uh, just spoils him. And I go over and I say, hey, why can't I get breakfast sometimes? She said, oh, cause this is my tiny Tim. And so, and so I'm very proud of all of my children. And not only that, I have a host of grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And so when it comes to be fruitful and plenish the earth, they had no problem with that. So I'm very proud of them. <laughs> you And as you should, and we're proud of him too. King of but one thing best. that I do want to say, okay. um, if you want to hear some of the testimonies of some of the young people in one of the programs that I had here in San Diego, um, we have a YouTube video that you can watch. It's on YouTube. And it's called, you have to type in Promises to Keep, Johnny Carter. And that YouTube video will come up and you will get a chance to hear a lot of the young people whose lives was changed through our counseling program. Um, down at the juvenile hall, they called us the miracle worker. And so you can hear some of the young people testimony of how I was able to with the help of the Lord to make a difference in their life. One other thing I want to say is that the Lord can open the door and give you favor with millionaires and billionaires. Um, he told me one day that I was going to meet John DeLorean. 
you guys are probably too young to remember who John DeLorean was. But John DeLorean, have you seen the movie Back to the Future? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. John DeLorean created that DeLorean car in the movie Back to the Future. John DeLorean was a billionaire at GM back in the uh, 50s and 60s and 70s. And he's a billionaire. And the Lord told me that I was going to meet him. Well, I saw him on television one day, and I said, I don't know John DeLorean. He said, but I do. So I was on uh, TVN, the Praise the Lord program, with uh, Jerry Bernard. And while I was on TVN, I was talking about the Good Samaritan. And John DeLorean was watching that program. So one of my adopted fathers who adopted me was named Hal Bredesen. Now, Hal Bredesen was one of the founding members of the 700 Club with Pat Robertson. So Hal Bredesen adopted me as his son. So John DeLorean went to have dinner at Hal Bredesen's house. And Hal Bredesen, uh, John DeLorean said to Hal Bredesen, he said, I saw this young black man on television talking, and he was talking about the Good Samaritan. And he said, um, I was really inspired by what he said. He said, but they didn't tell us how to reach him. And he said, but I really would like to meet him. So Hal Bredesen said, well, what was his name? He said, Dr. Johnny Carter. He said, oh, my goodness, that's my son. No problem. <laughs> so I'm sitting in my office, and about a week later, John DeLorean called my office, and he said, I want you to come to my home in Beverly Hills and visit with me. I want to talk with you. I want to help you. So I flew to Beverly Hills. His driver picked me up in a chauffeur-driven limo, took me to his home in Beverly Hills. We talked, I spent time with him. I had a speaking engagement that Sunday morning, so I stayed overnight at a friend's house. But as he took me to my friend's house, he said, this is what I want to do for you to help you. He, he wrote me a check for $5,000. So when I got back and then I went to the wedding of the attorney general son william french smith his father was the attorney general in the reagan administration and i met him and his son joined my board of directors so he was putting all these wealthy people on my board so when i got and so i said lord you know i got this program and i got all of these people that's in my residential program that need food and what have you. And I said, I thank you for the 5000 And I spoke at another little church and told them about my program. And uh, it, it was about 200 people there. And the, the pastor said, um, well, I want to apologize for this little small offering we've given you. But I hope this is a blessing to you. So I got back to my hotel 
I said, man, the Lord said, open it up. I opened it up. It was $8,000. My God. When I got back to San Diego, Al Bredesen, my father in the gospel, called me. He said, can you come to my house in Escondido? I said, sure. He said, I got something for you, and it's uh, it's on some gray paper. I said, okay. He said, you like gray? I said, well, yeah, I guess. So I got to his house. He handed me an envelope, and I opened it up. And one of his wealthy friends gave me a check for $25,000. My God. Testify that. And so that is, and so when I was on TVN, Reverend Ike saw me, and I got a letter from him, and I said, man, I don't know nothing from Ike. Let me tie this up, and the Lord said, don't you tie this up. So I opened up the envelope. It was $5,000, and he said, I was blessed by what you said. And he said, you got a commitment for me of $5,000 every month. <laughs> so, and so that's how Lord does things. You remember and what I want to do, Dad, all, what I want to do, Dad, real quick. Uh, I want to interrupt you here and I apologize I, uh, because you have done so much. I want uh, Queen Vicky, if you don't mind, uh, I want you to read his bio uh, because of time. I want you to read his bio because we, we really want to bring out your accomplishments that you have done uh, over your lifespan. And because we want the li listening audience to just really know the things you have done um, um, here in the, uh, just not only in California, but all over the world. And then, uh, and, and then we just want you to just to talk about um, just uh, some of the uh, um, support that you got, uh, like from the White House, from the governors, from the mayors, from the movie stars and all that stuff like that. So Queen, uh, Vicki, if you don't mind, would you mind reading uh, his bio real quick? Yes, um, Dr. Johnny Carter in November of 1977, um, Johnny and his family moved to Lubbock, Texas, where he began a radio ministry and organized the New Start in Life Evangelistic Association. In 1980, the Carters returned to San Diego. After seeing the great need and giving it much prayer, the concept of New Start and Life Center was developed, a residential counseling center for men, women, and families. The New Start and Life Center became the only facility in Southern California providing Christian counseling for the families in a residential setting. The New Start in Life Center was launched in 1983. In June of 1984, Johnny Carter appeared on the 700 Club for the first time. He has also appeared on the PTL show, the Oral and Richard Roberts show, and has been a guest on CBN, CCN, and TBN Christian Television Network. His works was honored by the White House in May of 1985. On September 13, 1985, Johnny Carter received his Doctorate of Divinity from Trinity Hall College and Seminary. That day was proclaimed by the mayor of San Diego the and the Board of Supervisors of San Diego County as Johnny Carter Day. All across the country, Dr. Carter has been uh, received, honored, and recommended. Such people as David Wilkerson, Fred Elker Cotter, C.M. Ward, 
uh, Jerry Bernard, Pat Robertson have given support to the ministry and are counted among friends of New Start. United States Secretary of Treasurer James and Susan Baker, Dr. Harvey R. Vitt, Chairman of the Federal Tax Force on the Homeless, Paul Pomari, uh, Public Relations. Saturday Evening Post Magazine have all written letters of support for Dr. Johnny Carter and New Start in Life. The Carters have four children. Currently, Dr. Carter is serving as a business consultant to Divinity Products, Inc. in the development of religious board games that families can play together with the idea of bringing them closer. Dr. Carter also is currently writing a book on his life entitled A Life of Miracles. And also you can find his YouTube video, Promise to Keep, uh, also. Um, that is the bio, complete bio written um, about Dr. Johnny Carter. I'll pass the mic. Hey, man. So, so Dad, I just want you to take a moment uh, and, and just and just tell us about um, the day when you were honored by the White House and and also uh, the governor of uh, California and the mayor of San Diego, and just uh, and just how God opened the doors for you to um, uh, just to meet these people and, and and how they were able to really just um, you know uh, just help you uh, continue the the work of the Lord uh, in San Diego. Well, what really opened the door was, and I think you remember this, Timothy, is. Um, when we started the New Starting Life Counseling Center for people that had drug addiction. And uh, what happened is um, in the 1980s um, in Iran, in Tehran, the Ayatollah Khomeini and his people, when the short all ran, was ran out of Iran. Uh, Ayatollah Khomeini and his people stormed the American embassy in uh, Tehran and they took some of our people in that embassy hostage. And the American Council General to Iran under the Reagan uh, under the Carter administration was named Richard Marfield. And so we put up a sign that says, let us help you find a new start in life in front of our facility and we were just getting started and it was a real struggle but the son of Richard Marfield ran away from home because of his father's capture in Iran so he was sitting across the street and he read the sign that says let us help you find a new start in life so he was on drugs and raggedy and he came in and he said to me, he said, hey, uh, I'd like to come into your program. And I said, well, we barely can keep the doors open. We just started. And he said, but one day I'm going to be able to help you. And I said, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. So we took him in. We got him off of drugs and alcohol through counseling and mentored him, and he got a job at uh, SeaWorld. Well, when President Carter was leaving office and President Reagan was being inaugurated, the uh, Ayatollah released 
our American hostages that were held captive in Iran. So Bill Moorfield, not, uh, I didn't know at the time, but his father was one of the American diplomats in the Reagan administration. So when we changed the son's life and the father was released, um, it was said that the father was re was released from being a hostage and the son was being set free from drugs, so they both were set free. So to make a long story short, when his father came back to Southern California, Bill brought his father and mother to my office and I'm sitting looking out the window, I said, who's these people in, in this diplomatic car? And I recognized uh, Mrs. Morfield because she was on local television all the time advocating for her husband to be set free from Iran. So that's what happened and that's how it mushroomed from there. I, we was able to deliver and set free the son of an American diplomat. And so that's how the story broke and then uh, that's how I received a uh, um, Johnny Carter Day in the city, in the county, and uh, honors from the White House and from all over. But you remember that the that God promised that the wealth of this world is laid up for the just, and He would set us before kings and queens. So I, so I want to leave you with this thought. If you have a dream, hold to that dream. Even though a lot of times people in the body of Christ might not help you, but God will cause the wealthy to help you. You remember? I received. When Joseph, his brother saw him coming afar off. And they said, here come this old dreamer. And they plotted against him. And they put him in a pit. And they thought about killing him. But they said, no, let's don't kill him. Let's sell him into Egypt for slavery. So some instrument lights were passing by and they sold him to them. And Joseph was crying with his hands tied behind his back. And I said, he represented every man, every boy, Every woman, a child of God that had a dream, but his brothers and sisters wouldn't help it. So they meant it for his harm, but God meant it for his good because every so often you see, but God. So I imagine in my mind that after all of that happened to Joseph and uh, he was, came before Pharaoh and Pharaoh put him on the throne next to him and when his brothers came I imagine Joseph said to them and I'm paraphrasing he said you know what I'm glad you did what you did because if you hadn't done what you done then God wouldn't have been able to do what he did so because you did what you did uh, if you hadn't done it I'd have been just another old boy around the house but because what you did what you did then God was able to do what he did so that's what I want to leave you with. 
Amen. Amen. And, and um, you know, Joseph is one of your um, one of your favorite stories. You, um, I, I remember um, many times um, where I felt like I couldn't make it, and I, and there was times I don't know if you remember that where I would call you and I would cry because I I felt like giving up and I I didn't think I could make it. And you would you would talk with me, you would pray with me, you would always tell me the story of Joseph and and how mm-hmm. Joseph um, made it through. And uh, w- one thing I can say is that watching your life, and I've seen the things you went through, and I've seen how the enemy did his best to destroy you, but I've always watched you, and i watched how God always moved for you. He always moved. And that's one thing I always hold on to. That's why I call you my hero, and, and that's why you're the original Superman to me, because I've watched you go through and I've watched God raise you up and I watched God do the impossible. And so, um, and that's why I'm honored to uh, carry on the legacy of New Start. I'm honored to be your son. I'm honored to do this, uh, this interview with you because I want everybody to know that you're my dad and I'm your son. And I am so proud of you, dad. And I give you your flowers. Well, um, <laughs> why you are well, alive. One other uh, well, one of the things that I want to say, when we started the youth advocacy program, mm-hmm. we started out in one little small office, little small office. And then we moved from that small office to a warehouse. Then the Lord moved us from the warehouse to the penthouse. We mm-hmm. moved into a brand new building up on the fifth floor overlooking the Bay of San Diego. And so I tell people, I said, he moved us from the warehouse to the penthouse. And then when we moved in there, I met a good friend. Uh, I went to an event that he was at and I saw he had given this group $10,000. And I said, you know, I got to get to know him. And I told the Lord, I said, well, I want to know him. And his name was Robert Horseman, the president of San Diego National Bank. And Robert and I became good friends. And he furnished my whole office for me free of charge. My whole office, that penthouse office I had, free of charge. And he told us, he sent us to the bank's warehouse and he said just start shopping whatever you want will be delivered to you free of charge <laughs> then I met Dr. Amen. Ross of the California Endowment Dr. Ross gave us a check for $385,000 those are the things that God can do and then Jack McGrory <laughs> gave us another check for 17000 $500 a month. So just many, many doors is open. So what I'm saying to you is that the Lord will do the impossible for you. Amen. The Bible said he Amen. called those things that are not as though they already were. Amen. So just hold on to him. Stay in faith. Keep believing. And not only with 
my Christian background, but he blessed me to get a good secular education because I wanted to be able to talk to people who had religious beliefs and also talk to people that were non-religious, but also help them, raise them up and help them believe, you know. Amen. Amen. So, so what I'm going to do now is, um, what I'm going to do now real quick, that is for the sake of time, I'm going to go ahead. I know there's a lot of people in the listening audience that's going to know how to reach out to you. So I'm just going to give them um, right now your email address and in, in the simplest, Dr. Johnny Carter at gmail.com. Again, that's Dr. Johnny Carter at gmail.com. And you can actually just, just email him there if you are, are interested in uh, speaking with him or or, or just, just have some questions for him. You can actually uh, reach out to him there and, uh, and he can respond to tell you uh, um, if there's different things you need to know or, 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 or you want to um, see some other things concerning the ministry he's done, um, you can reach out to him there and those questions will be answered. Amen. So at this time, what I'm going to do is go ahead and yield the mic over to, um, to Queen Yolanda. You can go ahead, uh, if you like, go ahead and close us out at this time. I have a question for you, Dad. Here's the question. She wants you to repeat what you said. Yeah, about with the power of God trying to get out. Oh, okay. First, I said you got to discover where the power of God in your life is trying to get out. There was a woman that was named Dorcas in the Bible who passed away. And the disciples came to her. Peter said, Dorcas, you're too powerful to die. Come on back and sow some more. Because the power of God came out in her through a needle and a thread. So you got to first discover why the power of God in you is trying to come out. Then, secondly, you got to study to show yourself approved. A workman under God that need not be ashamed, rightly divine the word of truth. So I tell people, you got to study because so many people try to preach, but they haven't studied. And so they come out like a poorly developed photograph, underdeveloped and overexposed because they don't know what they're talking about. And then thirdly, make yourself available. If God can depend on you, you can depend on him. If you're there when God needs you, then when you need God, God will be there. Okay? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to quit taking up. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I just like that part when you said underdeveloped and over. I said, I believe what you said. Yes. I said, many, you got to study to show yourself approved a workman under God that need not be ashamed. And I said, a lot of people, the reason they miss it and they don't get it, they're they're like a poorly developed photograph. They're underdeveloped and overexposed. I like that. Never look at it like that. 
You never looked at it like that. I have. I never. I never looked at it like that. You know, because there's a lot of people that, you know, that get out into ministry and you wonder why they act the way they do, and why they respond to certain things. It's because you have not allowed yourself to be developed. You haven't went through the training. You haven't went through the process. You haven't went through the pruning. You haven't. You're not disciplined. You know. You you didn't sit up under someone long enough. You know. It just. It just so much. And then. You know, you're wondering why you got people that even they start a ministry, a lot of people be there, and then you start seeing them falling away, and then you start seeing that they they may say things or do things, and you're like, why do they do that? And then you realize that, hey, they never really set up any, under anyone and never took any type of training, or they would not listen to anyone. They were, you know, and they just opened up a church because they could preach well, or they had a great gift, and they didn't allow themselves to you know, go up and some teaching. So if you, I said a lot of that where I'm at, you know. I well, of one of the things I say is, hey, a lot of people want the glory, but they don't have the story. Mm. That's good. That's good. Amen. They want the glory, but they want the story because there's a, because there's a story behind how you got to where you are. And a lot yes. of people don't want. They don't want. They don't want to have the story. They don't want to go through the struggle. They don't want to have the tell about what they went through and how hard it was for being up under leadership or having to listen to someone or you know awake into the fullness of time when God tells you to come out, step out, branch out. They want to go and start their own ministry, their own thing. And yes, it's there. And yes, you're you're going to do that. But just wait until the fullness of time, because a child that comes out prematurely, there's still something wrong with that baby, and it's going to still need nurturing even after it's born, you know, because it was born prematurely, and that's even with adults who step out there prematurely, you know, and it's still going to be something wrong. You're going to tell them it's still not quite developed, underdeveloped, and you can tell. Well, you have you to know, look at all of that that Joseph went through. You know, he right. went through being sold by his brothers. Yeah. He went through being put in, been, went through being lied on by Potiphar's wife. He right. went to prison and he told the butcher and the baker, he said, don't forget me. Uh, but they Come did. On. But God remembers. God remembers when others forget. Come on. You see? And so that's the thing that realized that God remember when others forget. And mm. so he, I received a prophecy early in my ministry by, by Hal Bredesen. He told me, he said, you start this new start in my center. God is going to not only bless you to reach the down and out, but he's going to bless you to reach the up and out. And Ooh, so, and so, the Lord blessed me to go to Washington and be under the president. And also, I went to Blair House. That's where the presidents just stay when they come to dignitaries stay, foreign dignitaries stay at Blair House in Washington D.C. That's why they stay, but. The Lord blessed me to go there to a private fundraiser and meet Mother mm. Teresa. Why? 
You see? And so the Lord will put you in the places that you never would dream that you could go to. But I'm a witness. If you stay faithful and if you commit your life to him, he will bring it to pass. He told, when he told Sarah and Abraham that they were going to have a child, Sarah laughed. And he said, why'd you laugh? Is there anything too hard for God to do? See? And so when I tell people, I said, well, when it came time for Abraham and Sarah to have that child, I said, the Lord told him, you do what you can do, and I'm going to do what you can't do. I'm going to bring him forth. <laughs> you see? And just like when Jesus went to the grave of Lazarus, he said to the people, you roll away the stone. You can do that. But now, I'm going to do what you can't do. I'm going to raise up Lazarus. So always remember, you do what you can do. And God will do what you can do. Okay. Amen. Well, that was good. Now, that was good right there. You laughed, you laughed over that, Dr. Carter. You laughed over that. I loved it. We well, it's because it makes said. me excited for it makes me excited for what God can do. You see, and so always remember, believe it and receive it. But if you doubt it, you do without. See yourself with it. Your mind has got to have a picture of what you want. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a picture of what you want, you will never believe that you can get it. You got to have a picture of it Come on. in your mind. As an artist, when I go to my easel and I want to paint a picture, I got to have a picture in it. I got to have a picture in my mind first of right. what I want to paint. Then yeah. I produce it on canvas. Mm. You see? When the Wright brothers that created the airplane, mm-hmm. when the Wright brothers looked up in the sky and they saw a bird flying heavier than air, if they just oh, said, wow. we can't do that, mm-hmm. if they said, we can't do that, they would have never done it. But they looked up and said, we can do that. And they Come went on. in and built their plane. They went in and built their plane. You see? So whatever you see in your mind, that's what you're going to produce. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because remember, the devil works through your mind. He's trying to get you to believe things. You'll never get out of this. This will never happen. And then all of a sudden you say, well, you know, I think he's right. You know, but you got to have a positive confession. The woman with the issue of blood suffered with that for 12 long years. And when Jesus came to the pool of Bethesda, where the man was there for 38 years, he asked him a question. He said, do you want to be made whole? And then the man started 
man said, well, I, uh, when I try to get down somebody's stuff, he said, that ain't what I asked you. Do you want to be made for? And when he said, yes, he said, then take up your bed and walk. You see, so a positive confession moves the hand of God. A negative confession tie his hand. You shall have whatsoever you say. So no matter how dark it looks, no matter how the storm clouds are raining, behind the storm is God. And then the Lord wants you to have a story, and then you can share the glory. Well, I got to quit taking up you guys' time. <laughs> Not mine. I mean, we, we are sitting back just listening to you. We are in awe. Of, we're just in awe about what you're saying. So um, we you're not taking up our time. You know, and so that's the thing that I want to encourage you with. I encourage my son with. I encourage myself with every day. Go out and connect the power to the problem. You remember Goliath was a problem to the children of Israel. Come on. And every time Goliath would roar, the children of Israel knocked in. But David came and said, now who is this? They said, that's Goliath. You don't want to mess with him. And what did David say? He said, today shall all the hosts of the Philistines okay. know that my God, there's a God in Israel that liveth. And he said, today he shall deliver your head into my hand. He made a declaration. He confessed it. And then God took David and a slain shot. To connect the power of God to the problem, which would go live, you see. So if God can use David in a slingshot to connect the power of God to the problem, he used Moses and a stick to connect the power of God to the problem. Roll back the Red Sea. So if God can depend on you, you can depend on him. If you're there when God needs you, then when you need God, God will be there. God told Moses, he said, I know you were there when I told Pharaoh to let my people go. Now that you're backed up against the Red Sea, now I'm going to be there because you were there for me. Now I'm going to be there for you. Stretch out that rod. <laughs> See? <laughs> because he connected power to the problem. Amen. And so he also told Hezekiah, when Israel had turned it back on God and Hezekiah stood up for God, the prophet came and knocked on his door. He said, Hezekiah, get your house in order. You're going to die. And Hezekiah yeah. turned his face to the wall and he said, Lord, do you remember me when Israel was Come selling on. people for shoes? And they were defiling your name. If you remember me, Lord, I stood up for you. 
I stood up in the reformation of Israel. Do you remember? And the Lord mm-hmm. told the prophet, he said, he told Hezekiah, he said, yes, I remember. When you needed me, when I needed you, brother, you were there. Now that you need me, I'm going to be there. Live. Mm-hmm. I know I said die, but live 15 more years. Because if God can depend on you, you can depend on him. I remember over 20 years ago, doctor walked in my room and he told me, he said, because of the heart problem you got, he said, we give you six months. I told him, I said, well, you got a license to practice medicine, but I'm going to a God that don't practice, but heal. Oh, that's the way I live and that's the way I believe. Well, it's been a joy talking to y'all. If you can get me started, I can talk all night. <laughs> Son, I love you. You took the good work. Thank you. We're and get no you matter how and listen, no matter how the dark of night. God is there. He said he would never forsake us or leave us alone. And the Bible said this is the confidence we have in him. That if we pray and ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And the Bible also says, he that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he's a reward of them that literally seek him. But it also says without faith, it's impossible to please him. So faith is what moved the hand of God and faith is what unlocked the door to all those things that seem impossible. That's why Hebrew is called talks about the heroes of faith, the 11th chapter. By faith, they did all of these things. So stay in faith. And remember, only when it's dark enough can you see the stars. Okay? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dad. All right. You queens, it was a joy and I was blessed to be on your program and I Look forward to meeting you all one day in person. Amen. 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 We'll have King Apostle. King Apostle going to set that up. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, well, I hope I didn't talk too long. <laughs> no, you did great. This has been a whole blessing again, Dr. Carter. Such an honor have you on our show this has been a whole blessing we all have uh, rejoiced we have cried we have done it all on the show on tonight so we thank god for you and we're going to go ahead and close out and we shall have you to come back on our radio show once again we'll talk to you later dr carter blessings to you man of god talk to you later. all right and remember they can watch the video and don't to... forget to go on youtube okay go ahead dr carter go ahead Go to Promises to Keep Johnny Carter. They had to do Promises to Keep Johnny Carter. And they'll see the video. 
And then my book will be out by the end of June. And it has many, many more miracles and stories in there. Yes, thank you, Dr. Carter, for that, as y'all heard. So y'all, um, please go and take out the time to follow him. This is why we tell you all to make sure y'all have pen and paper because he's kicked out so many nuggets on tonight. So we'll talk to you all later. Thank you again, Dr. Carter. Blessings to you all and blessings to you listening audience. Peace and All right, then. I will be constantly in prayer with you, and I bid you God's me. Okay? Okay. God bless you. God bless you. I love you. God bless you. Love you, too. Bye-bye.